0: This is Ringler Radio, where you get all the latest news and information about structured settlements from Ringler Associates, the first name in structured settlements, helping injured people and their families since 1975. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by Allstate, American General, John Hancock, Liberty Mutual, MetLife, Mutual of Omaha, New York Life, Pacific Life, and Prudential. Now join Ringler Radio host Larry Cohen.
1: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Ringler Radio. I'm Larry Cohn, the head of Ringler Associates Northeast Operations, and we're certainly glad you could join us. Today, we're coming to you from sunny Newport Beach, California, and the 2013 Ringler Associates Annual Meeting. And we're going to be talking today about some of the misconceptions we sometimes see in the structured settlement industry. There are a lot of moving parts involved in a claim settlement, and lots of financial and legal information swirling around the process. Even though structured settlements have been around a long time, we still run into some false impressions about our products and services. So today on Ringler Radio, we're gonna try and educate our listeners on what we call Ringler's top 10 on structured settlements. And joining me for the discussion are my Ringler colleagues, Jim Early and Bill Wakeley. Jim is the Executive Vice President and National Sales Director at Ringler and serves as a member of the Board of Directors. Bill is the Marketing Communications Director for Ringler and uh, both of you, welcome to Ringle Radio. It's great to have you both here. Hey,
2: good to be here, Larry. Thanks, Larry, great to be here.
1: So we've all been in this business for quite a while, and uh, there are some misconceptions about structured settlement products and our services. So uh, we recently polled our entire field and came up with what we call the top 10 reasons we hear why not to use a structured settlement. So in other words, the top 10 misconceptions about our business. I believe David Letterman has stolen this concept from us and uh, we might want to get some royalty payments. But uh, Bill, why don't you uh, start us off and uh, give us your Im- input? Well, you know, it's it's
2: funny, Larry, when we had, uh, you know, a, a presentation like this where we had all the, the, the top 10 misconceptions and we, we kind of threw something out to the field recently and because I thought, well, maybe these are just my misconceptions. But we threw them out to the field, and we found out that we were right on. I mean, within one or two, you know, the field pretty much agreed with this. So anyway, let's get started. Number 10, uh, the top 10. Number 10 is an oldie but a goodie, and it is I can't tell how much this thing costs. Guys, what do you think?
3: Well, I, I, some historical background. I mean, there was a uh, when, back when Larry and I started, it was considered constructive receipt or a taxable trigger for the plaintiff to know the cost of the structured settlement. Ironically, a 1983 private letter ruling, which actually had to do with Agent Orange, made it very clear and codified the fact that knowledge of the cost of the structured settlement did not constitute constructive receipt. Uh, but like a lot of things in any business, the legend continued for many, many years. And it was, we used to joke that, well, I, I would like to tell you the cost of the structured salmon, but I'd have to kill you. And, you know, <laughs> exactly. that kind of thing. And, but, um, you know, I don't think anybody was happier when that went away. Than the structured settlement brokers because it was an impediment to getting a case done. People wanted to know what are you giving me? Of what course. is this worth? Uh, so uh, it, it's it, it's it's one that died hard, but it is gone and dead.
1: Right. And I will say that the you know there's always a downside to all of these things, and there were some brokers who kind of took advantage of that misconception. That's true. And would sometimes say, I can't tell you what it cost, and therefore there was a little bit of that. Suspicion by the other side. So I think that hurt the industry for a while, and I'm very glad that this thing went away. So everyone out there, don't worry. You can know what it costs. Uh, It's not going to make anything uh, bad for the structured settlement.
2: Absolutely. Okay, let's get on to number nine on our list. This one is, you're the enemy. This can't be good for you or for me.
3: Again, uh, the origins of this one, uh, structured settlements are a really beautiful thing. And when you look at them the first time, it looks too good to be true. So you're trying to settle a case, and it may be a year, two, maybe even more than three years old. And suddenly the people who think you have, they've got a conception that you didn't want to pay me anything. Now you're giving me something that's that good. What's the catch? What am I missing here? This is too good to be true. And I think we we, we still run into I don't think we run into that as much. Certainly the, uh, the concept of a structure is, is very well established. But are you seeing that much anymore? Larry? Well, I,
1: I think this is the genesis, this whole area of the you're the enemy, you can't be good. It's the real genesis of what began as the plaintiff broker community. In other words, people who thought we were the enemy then uh, decided, okay, well, maybe I'll get my own guy who's my friend and he'll tell me how to do it. And, and – for a while, as you know, in the beginning of this whole process, a lot of contentiousness among the plaintiff and the defense side of things. Uh, even today, a lot of that has dissipated where a lot more cooperation uh, is treated, uh, treated a lot more like your your individual, our individual. Everyone gets together and does right for the, for the claimant.
2: Exactly. And at the end of the day, I mean, we're putting together a plan that's supposed to match the needs of the, of the claimant. So, you know, we're not sitting here trying to put them in things that they shouldn't be in from in the first place, which is our whole purpose.
1: Right. And another thing is when we go to mediation, it's oftentimes it's it's a good idea. And I try to do this to say, look, I may have walked in with this with these folks, but I'm an independent individual. I'm putting together some funds that are available to maximize them for the benefit of your client. So exactly. uh, try to use me as that, as that. And with the mediator, hopefully that'll work. uh, uh I think it's a lot easier today to dis dispel that that image of uh, uh, you know us being the uh, the enemy, for sure.
3: All right, so moving on. Number eight, one of my favorites.
1: My client
3: is too old for a structured settlement. What?
1: That's sitting too close to home for you today. I think you know. <laughs> oh, that was that might have been a low blow. Well, be, uh,
3: when you think about the fact that Larry and I collectively have been in the business for close to six don't years. don't even say yeah. the
1: number. I hear. Don't him, even say I the number. You. Well, you know what's interesting about 2 0 for a structure? I used to always say that some of the best candidates for structured settlements were the older folks, the people in retirement. Fixed income. Fixed income. Because, you know, how do they live their lives typically is on Social Security payments, fixed Absolutely. income payments. And they can take the structured settlement monthly income check. Add it to their social security check, add it to their pension check, and know with certainty what they're going to be receiving as they move forward.
2: Exactly the pitch that I've always given, and that's exactly right, Larry. The most you know, senior citizens, you know, they're used to all the fixed payments. They have they're they're on fixed income anyway, and this fits right into that you know that that marketplace. You know, well,
3: and another thing in life insurance proceeds the death of a spouse, the the surviving spouse is offered an option to take the payments in an annuity exactly. as opposed to a lump sum. And so sure. if you're going to do it for the uh, let's, why don't we use the expression seasoned citizen, right. Exactly. Uh, you know, if it's good in that situation, why would it be any different in the case of a structured
1: settlement? Right. And the conventional wisdom by those who don't think are the way we do would say, Hey, this guy's uh, 82 years old, give him the money and let him go spend it. You exactly. Know? That have some fun. And have some fun. But you know what? What's happening is the eighty-two-year-old of today is living to be ninety-five. Absolutely, they got a lot more years to worry. You know
2: what? That's another great point because you know in the past somebody had, was sixty-two years old and you get that line—they're too old to structure now. Not so much. No, yep.
1: you're right. I was
3: recently at a conference with one of the life insurance companies, and the has the fastest-growing demographic in the United States is centurions.
1: Hundred people, yeah, cent- yeah. people are a hundred people who making it. Wow! Wow!
3: So, okay. so uh, number seven, another favorite: structures are too complicated.
1: Oh, well, Bill, you know, you've you've seen that for, for years structures are really I always tell people struct, this whole business uh, Isn't an easy business, but it's fairly simple. I mean, it's not that complicated. It's uh, putting together a an annuity plan that's a tax-free plan for an individual with uh, creating the Structuring it in a, in, a, in a fashion that meets the individual's needs you can do it in a, in a myriad number of ways uh, And the money flows out from a major life insurance company. Uh, I I don't see how complicated it is. I think some people talk about maybe some of the claim people who have to deal with structures get involved with some of the paperwork that they perceive perhaps complicates their life a bit, but... Some of this stuff is so standardized today that it's very easy to work with. That's
2: true. and, and you know part of the part of the approach there is it, it, anything is an education process. You know other than saying to someone, I'm going to give you X amount of money in a check, everything is, a, is, a, is an education process. So teaching them a little bit about the time value of money and, and how this can match their needs over a 10, 20, 30 year period, that's what it's all about. So you're right, Larry, at the end of the day, most of the, of the settlement proposals we put out there, they're not rocket science. You know, it, right. it is what it is. It's it's some cash. It's some annuity payments. It's time. You know, lump sums. It, it most of them are pretty vanilla.
1: Well, let's talk about number six. Number six is, I, I like all these annuity concepts, but let's talk cash first. Let's talk about cash. Cash is king. We want to talk cash. What are you What are you hearing about that?
3: Well, unfortunately, I can't tell you that because I'd have to kill you. But <laughs> <laughs> that was number ten. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That was number ten. <laughs> no, I, I I think we still hear you know uh, quite a bit of that. And and if I'm if, if if I'm sitting on the plaintiff's side of the table, I can certainly understand why that is. It gets back to what we we're talking about on, on the number ten reason. You know w- what's the value of this? Okay, but I don't think backing into a structured settlement, if that's another way to describe this, is wise for either side. What we're really trying to do in any injury settlement is to match a future need to a future uh, uh, revenue. And so if everybody at the table works toward making the plaintiff whole and working on that by use of a structured settlement, I don't think that question is as material as it's made to be in the process. I agree
1: with you, and I, I don't think it's a disqualifier to have someone say, you know what, I really want to know about cash, I want to know what, what we're talking about dollars and cents before I really commit to something on the structured side. And, and to, to, to someone who is in that mindset, uh, I, I, I don't fight that. I try to work with that. And ultimately, we'll get to the point where we can show them how, whatever that cash amount is, we can improve upon it through the structured process.
2: Uh, absolutely. And, and you, you guys can both attest to this. How many times have you been in a mediation where we start talking about matching the needs? It brings up a different discussion in negotiations. We start talking about things that we weren't talking about before when we were just strictly talking about cash. So it, it adds to the negotiation process no, no and question. makes it a much more robust discussion.
1: Well, we're going to be halfway home here with number five. There's not enough money to structure.
3: You know, a, a good one, and, it, and probably as good a place as any for us to slow down and say, maybe there are some cases that are not qualified for a structure. Sure, uh, absolutely. Sure. And and and, the, uh, and this could be a legitimate reason. If, you, if you're working with somebody and you're not working with a significant large settlement, you've got somebody that's got... Uh, as a result of being uh, losing income for, for several years or something like that, and they've incurred a significant debt, but circumstances on liability are such that the claim doesn't have all that much value, it's disingenuous to put somebody in a structured settlement if it still leaves them at credit card debt paying 18%. Right. But uh, you know, if that's not the case, then if there is part of that settlement that's to be used for a future need, then there is a legitimate reason to use a structured settlement regardless of the amount.
1: Absolutely, and uh, this concept of uh, it's too small. One of my favorite cases and one of the smartest claimants I ever, I ever dealt with was a, at a mediation, a 22-year-old kid who uh, who was in an auto accident and was netting in the settlement something like $48,000. And uh, you know, that's not a pretty big sum as we're talking about small sums. And uh, I was trying to figure out a way to maybe— give him something, but obviously, monthly income didn't mean a lot because we couldn't generate much. So I decided to push the money out, and I said, you know what, if we take this money, and I know it may not be something you're thinking about, if you take this money and push it out and have it come out when you're 55 years old, you're gonna get hundreds, you know, whatever that, that number was, it was significant, and you're gonna get a tax-free check and you can spend your current income as you go through those exactly. years, and you'll have this thing sitting out there for you uh, from one of the major life companies. And the kid said, you know, if I got this money right now, I'd probably spend it. He took the deal. He was being honest. Yep. He took the deal. Yep. This, this, he's now, he's so, he was such a smart kid. He, he's got a super large check awaiting him tax-free when he's 55. And none of his friends do. And I don't either. <laughs> 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 I wish I had a check coming out. Actually, I <laughs> wish I was 55. That's yeah, I, I would take <laughs> that right now. Yeah. Listen, let's take a quick break right now. We'll be back in a few minutes with Jim Early. And Bill Wakeley and talk about the last five on the top 10 list. We'll be right back.
0: This is Ringler Radio from Ringler Associates, the leader in the structured settlements profession nationwide. Did you know that Ringler is involved in a third of all structured settlement cases in the country? Ringler Associates works with all the parties in a lawsuit settlement to find the best possible financial solution for the people involved. There's a Ringler Associate in all the major cities in the U.S. No one has more experience than a Ringler Associate. Check out our new website at www.ringlerassociates.com for the best information for claimants legal professionals, a claims personnel, and to find the Ringler Associate nearest you. When it's your interest at stake in a lawsuit settlement, you want only the best financial plan. You can count on Ringler Associates to structure a customized plan that meets the needs of you and your family for the future. Visit ringlerassociates.com to learn more.
1: Welcome back to Ringler Radio. Glad you could join us. I'm joined by my colleagues in Ringler, Jim Early and Bill Wakeley. We're spotlighting Ringler's top 10 reasons that people say they can't do structured settlements. So, Bill, let's get back to our countdown. Let's look at the number four reason uh, why people think structures may not be the greatest thing that we do. They say this, number four, my client can do better investing on his own.
2: Okay. I've been pretty calm so far. This one gets me going. Um, Jim and I talk about this all the time. You know, this comes down to what is the purpose of the structured settlement? Is this thing, is is it the accumulation of wealth or is it the preservation of capital? This is the only paycheck these people are going to get. And they have to use this for the rest of their lives in some cases. So when we sit here and say, well, you know, I could give it to this guy and I could do this and I could invest in that. That's not what it's for. That's the inher- right. that's the inheritance from Aunt Aunt Martha. What this is is to is to last these people the rest of their lives for sometimes a horrendous injury, and it you know you you can't play with it. You can't go chasing interest rates and 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 trying to find the next best thing, especially when you have enough money in the structure to match what you're doing.
3: Bill, the analogy I use here is that uh, people get paid weekly or or biweekly, and you can budget around that. Okay. You take that away and tell somebody they're only going to get paid once a month, and then the budgeting becomes a little more difficult. Watch the expressions on somebody's face if you say, okay, we're only going to pay you once a year, and you have to budget your entire year around this one check, and then say, okay, we're going to give you the last paycheck you're ever going to get, forever, and you need to make sure this lasts you for the rest of your life,
2: exactly. and
3: that analogy usually gets people to recognize, wow. There's some pitfalls. And at that point, I come back and I say, look, we are not about investing. Investing involves uh, risk. This, the, a, a settlement from a, an injury case is not risk capital. They need to have something that provides certainty and security, and this is the perfect product for it. You
2: know, I'd like to go back to 2008, 2009, and, and imagine people that got that settlement fund in cash – and did whatever with it. Let's say they put it in real estate. Let's say they gave it to their broker. There's not too many brokers around the country that didn't lose money in 2008. And and, and as Jim said, this is money they can't afford to lose because there's no going back.
1: Exactly.
2: Okay. Let's see. We are at number Number three. three on the top 10 list. Here we go. I already have a financial planner.
1: Well, you know, that's an interesting one. Uh, we run into that all the time when we're, uh, advocating for structured settlements, and they have a financial planner. Uh, there's no reason, first of all, why we can't be a, a partner with a financial planner to help come up with a combined and uh, rational uh, program for the for the injured party. Uh, we both have some products that we can use to, to help them in their future life. Uh, I'm always intrigued when I, I hear that the financial planner has advocated a, a certain investment stream for them, a certain investment vehicle for them, uh, and has put out uh, these spreadsheets uh, with, ass- with these assumptions of interest rates and wh- where the money is going to be in a certain number of years. And one of them uh, had, had certain, t- after 10 years, here's where the money was going to be because of his fin- financial acumen and what he was going to do with the money. And I just simply turned to the uh, claimant and I said, I wonder what that chart looked like 10 years ago.
2: That's in right. In
1: 2000, you know, in 2002 – uh, after having gone through 2008 and the debacles, I wonder if that chart still holds up today or, or was it not really quite that, that accurate? So it, it's easy to put assumptions down what it's going to be. It's another thing to say, you know, here's a check every month. Here's a check you're going to have forever.
2: Well, you know, you know, it's funny. You mentioned um, th- that came up on a show we did with Chris Coyne uh, a little while ago. Where you, you had that same analogy, you said, okay, you got a spreadsheet here that shows a 25-year investment on day one. As Chris said, something happens in year two or three, and it's a bad year. That whole spreadsheet's out the window.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely.
3: I, I think the um, uh, the other thing too is sometimes um, it's the way I'm concerned about what financial planners are being told because a structured settlement is offered as part of a, a settlement, and the, uh, plaintiff or the injured party then goes to his financial planner and says, "Yeah, they're offering me an annuity and it's tax-free." Now, it's no no offense to anybody, but if unless you unless you play in our game, which is which is, has specific protection under the Internal Revenue Code, it's very easy for that person to say to the plaintiff, "No, no, no, that's wrong. There's no such thing as a no tax-free such thing. Annuity. exactly, and there's no such thing as a tax-free annuity is an accurate statement, but there is such a thing as a structured settlement under the law, where if you get a chance to explain to people that it's not the annuity that's making your settlement tax-free, it's the underlying injury that qualifies for you for this very special treatment under the law. I
1: can't tell you how many accountants I've had to speak uh, to. I was just going to say that. Accountants that have, that have told their clients, this can't be, they're giving you a, a, a bundle of nothing. Yep. And uh, after the conversations and sending them uh, you know, websites and, and information... Uh, so what that speaks to is our, our national organization, our uh, our education system, the training that we have. As much as we've geared it to the industry folks, we need to gear it to the public. I mean, the public really has to understand there is such a product out here. Exactly. And you need to really understand what it is. So I agree with you. All right.
3: We're winding down. Number two, I need the cash.
2: Mm, I need you know the what?
1: Cash. A- and this is the one where I, I say... In some instances, those people do need the cash. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have to pay debt. I think Jim mentioned it before in another one. They have to pay debt off. Uh, They may have liens they need to repay. So there may be a need for cash, but what most people do is they overestimate the needs they have for cash, and they don't realize that if they take it all as cash, they're going to look down the road a little bit and and see it gone and wonder why didn't they at least put a portion of it aside. Uh, So many people, and I always say this, You're not gonna lose your cash because you're not smart. You're not gonna lose your cash because you totally misinvest it. That may not be it at all. But what's gonna happen to the cash is you're gonna spend it more quickly than you ever thought you would. Maybe even on things that look good at the time, but that money's gonna slip through your fingers and it does for everybody. And uh, some people just don't like to learn that lesson. And that's just the hard way, but that's what it is. And uh, we, we need to make sure people are Embracing the fact that you can have a little best of both worlds: some cash and some structure.
2: There's no doubt about that. And sometimes we we have found we've seen instances, in, and especially recently in the recession with everything else going on, where somebody may say, "I need the cash," but we have to find out. Well, what do you need the cash for? Mm-hmm. And ask those questions. Sometimes it's to replace money that they feel guilty taking out of a 401k. So it's it's easy to, for them to say, oh, "I need the cash." But we can come in sometimes and say, OK, well, we can replace that 401k money over a long period of time, just like it would have been paid out before.
1: You know, before we get to the number one uh, reason, I think we need to, to stop and do a, a, a 2A. And the, the 2A is I, I may like a structured settlement, but I'm not sure the life insurance company is going to be around to pay it. It's this concept of uh, the security for this product I, I can't really – Feel good about, and I don't know whether that's going to be there in the long haul. And you know what we what we have to tell our 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 folks are, are the truth. You know, we have major life insurance companies, highly rated companies, state regulated by some of them with some of the most stringent requirements for, for what they have to reserve and surplus. Um, I had a I had a client, uh, a plaintiff attorney, uh, and his client, and I was sitting there giving them a proposal, and one of the pieces of the proposal was a lump-sum check in 20 years for $100,000 as part of this plan, and uh, I happened to have placed it with MetLife. I was courting with MetLife, and this attorney looked at me and said, how do I know MetLife's going to be there in 20 years to pay this $100,000? And I remember saying to him, you know what? I can't guarantee you that MetLife's going to be here in 20 years to pay that 100000 but I can guarantee you this, the likelihood of MetLife being here in 20 years to pay that 100000 is a lot more likely than your client having 100000 in 20 years if he takes the cash today. <laughs> that's a great way to put it. Yeah, and that's, it that's, really that's how that went. So now,
3: drum roll. All right. The number one most common objection to using a structured settlement is interest rates are too low.
1: Okay. Hey, oh, boy. Huh? We hear that every day.
2: You ready for my answer on that? Yes, yeah. sir. Who cares? <laughs> I, we hear this all the time. I had a, I was at a, a meeting two or three weeks ago, and I had a mediator who knows our business, who knows this industry. And he came up to me, and he goes, how are you guys doing with these interest rates? And I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, the interest rates are slow, so low. How are you selling your product? And I said, we're not an investment product. We're matching needs with, with, with expenses and, and injuries over a long period of time. We're not looking at interest rates. When, when the interest rates go up and down, somebody gets the same check every week, right? It's right. the same check every week, regardless of what the markets are doing.
3: I, uh, I remember when I was really a rookie in this business, and I gave a presentation to an adjusters association in 1985. And I was asked to speak to the group, and my topic was structured settlements in low interest rate environment. 1985 yeah. because, you know, we were coming off the 70s and the Carter administration. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think to myself, it's always been the focus, and I understand why it is. But um, earlier today, you mentioned, Larry, like, we were out here for our annual meeting. We had a speaker, Mark Pariello. I think you actually had him on a show earlier. Yes, terrific guy. Mark is a uh, president of the American Association with People with Disabilities, and he has said something today. And another reason you know you're getting older is because you actually say you can learn something new every day. <laughs> and and Mark made a comment today, which I actually wrote down for people who are disabled or injured. One of their greatest challenges is the uncertainty. There's, there's too many questions. I exactly. can't work anymore. I'm facing future medical bills. I don't know what the future is going to hold for me. One thing that a structured settlement can do without regard to interest rates, is remove the uncertainty.
2: Absolutely.
1: No question. And, and when you talk about interest rates being too low, I, I talk about perspective. I talk about how things are relative in, in life. I remember being back in the mid-late 80s, uh, Jimmy. we just talked about that decade. Interest rates at various times in that decade were 10%, 14%, 9%, mm-hmm. tax-free. And there were many plaintiff attorneys who – uh, I tried to encourage to do a structured fee, a structured uh, settlement for their fee, which weren't tax-free rates, but they'd be tax-deferred. But they could lock in at 9%, 10%, 12% rates. And I would hear this from some of these folks. Nah, interest rates are a little bit too low. I think I'll hold my cash, because they're gonna go higher.
3: Right, I'm gonna wait and see what happens. I'm gonna wait
1: so. and see. So some things my, never right, my perspective on it is is pretty simple. When people try to chase a little bit higher rate of return, once the money gets dissipated, it doesn't matter what the rate of return is because <laughs> exactly. there's nothing <laughs> there to invest. There's nothing to return. Nothing yeah. to invest. So uh, another another truism is this. Once you, and it's true of anything else, I remember, this is something kind of silly, but I remember once when I was younger, I, I wanted to buy a television set, and uh, the price of it seemed pretty high for me at the time, and I bit the bullet, and I paid for the the, the TV set you know, on the credit card, and I took it home. And then I started watching the TV set and I really liked the TV set. The TV set was tremendous, it gave me a lot of you know, pleasure and all that. And I forgot exactly, I never remember what I paid for the TV set because once you have the item, once it's in your hand, you don't remember that you might have overpaid for that or might have paid a little too much for that. Just like in a structured settlement, once you're getting those checks, you don't even remember what the rate of return is or what that rate of interest was that you thought was too low. You know you're getting a check for 1422 bucks every month, and you can sleep at night. That's the key.
3: That's what we're all about.
1: You can sleep at night. That's it. You got it. Peace of mind. Trump's rate of return every time. So uh, let's wrap up uh, with these. I'm glad uh, everyone had uh, a chance to hear these top ten lists. This is pretty pretty good stuff. I think next year we we'll, might come back with a re of this show yeah.
3: well you know larry uh you and i have done a number of these this is the one i've had the, i've enjoyed the most this uh, was uh terrific we kind of started with a script but uh and we've sort of followed it but uh this was fun brainstorming with a couple of guys that i really
2: respect in the business no it question, is it, this is the stuff we hear every day you no know, question
1: is, about it. And, uh, it you know it, this kind of discussion could be had by a lot of brokers in this industry and uh it really speaks to some of the real essence of what structured settlements are all about, you know, to help people go on with their lives in a fashion that is just uh, gives them the kind of security and peace of mind that we talked about. Uh, I'm really glad I'm in this business. Me too. It really helps, uh, me too. Helps, me, helps me sleep at night as well. So uh, if someone wanted to get a hold of you, Jim, how would they do that?
3: Uh, I'm, uh, I, uh, I can be reached as anybody at Wrangler can through our uh, great website, www.ringlerassociates.com. Uh, my email address is jearly@ringlerassociates.com, at And my direct number in Bedford, New Hampshire, 603-801-7203.
1: Great. And Bill, how about yourself?
2: Same here. I'm Larry, through our website, you know, my number is 610-564-1734. Email is bwakely at
1: And Bill is a Philadelphia Eagle fan. Very happy man today with his new coach. Very happy man. (laughs) (laughs) With his new coach. And for all of you out there, uh, you can reach any Ringler Associate on ringlerassociates.com. It's a terrific website, as Jim said. uh, It's been redesigned. uh, It's really easy to work around and move around in, and it's got some terrific information. I encourage you to go there. And you can download every Ringler Radio Show from that website, ringlerassociates.com, or from ringlerradio.com or legaltalknetwork.com. Uh, you can even get uh, the shows on iTunes, and I encourage you to, to poke around there, too. It's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, Jim and Bill, again, thank you very much for uh, being here uh, on Ringler Radio. I think this is, I agree with you, Jim, it's one of the most fun shows I've had the um, pleasure yeah, of okay. doing as well. Uh, thanks for joining us again. You bet. Thanks, Larry. And for all of you out there, go have a great day and uh, be good. Bye-bye.
0: The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to Ringler Radio. With over a million listeners, Ringler Associates, the first name in structured settlements. Visit ringlerassociates.com today.